now coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the 550th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with our spectacular early morning co-host. We've got the one and only fluffiest Whimsicott. Howdy, y'all. And we've got, uh, we've got the man of language himself, Linian. Hello. It's I really... speak the fewest languages, I think, out of the out of uh, everyone here. Oh no, I probably think that is vaguely more than th- Thatch. <laughs> uh, I, I have a I have a passive um, knowledge of uh, not passive passing knowledge of two. He speaks two and something. So <laughs> yeah, I can like I can kind of speak two. Ah, great. The problem is that like my German's really rough now because I don't like I don't like go around talking German to people. On a regular mm-hmm. basis. Same as my mm. French. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, the the thing is, like, it'll click every once in a while, and, like, my brain will occasionally, like, maybe once every, like, three months, just, like, switch to German, which is really oh, cool. surreal when it happens, <laughs> because <laughs> I just, I just go, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Why am I thinking, like, why am I thinking in German? See, at <laughs> least when that happens to me, I have a reason. <laughs> yeah, it just randomly happens. Yeah, I, I kind of gave up on my brain making sense, uh, like, related to that when I started dreaming in English. Yeah. It was just like, okay, this is yeah. happening, mm. whatever. Uh, but welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, stands for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical, sh- nonsensical name that we came up with in 2007. We talk everything from the Pokemon trading card game to the Pokemon video game and everything in between. It is uh, an exciting time to be alive as a Pokemon fan, as we get very little news, and the community clings to literally <laughs> anything that have it happens. Mm. I have no idea what you mean. Yeah, it's only happened every single time. It's fine. <laughs> it's only happened every, every single time. I find it very fun to watch it happen. Yeah, kind yeah. of. For some definition of fun. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a, is a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really good. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's definitely a lot of stuff coming out, and I don't know how much I want to really like dig into leaks because, like, they're just like dumb. Mm-hmm. They're just dumb, and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, yeah. I remember, like, back in the day when it wasn't Twitter focused, and you had to like mm-hmm. find the one like 4chan post, and oh, you just gosh. go, "Man, is this one real or not? I don't know." And mm-hmm. now there's always like one person that definitely has it. <laughs> And yeah. It's just very sad. Yeah. It's not fun. But it is what it is. Mm-mm. It is what it is. Well, you guys been up to anything lately? I've had a few things I've been doing, uh, but not as Ooh. heavy as the previous two weeks. <laughs> I finally played Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh, God. Oh. Why? <laughs> I, I, fig- <laughs> I figured, like, it was the only ones that I hadn't played personally, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I still think that's like a terrible decision, but uh, they were fine. Yeah, they don't yeah. take that long. No, I think it probably took me about five hours, and I was absolutely not playing optimally mm. either. It was just what it was, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's fair. It really has... There, there's some parts of it that you're like, wow, this is really good. And then there are other parts where you're like, why, why did they think this was a good idea? I don't... <laughs> I don't follow why it's like, ah, what what is this thing? Oh, all it does is get uh, status moves for basically ever and uh, <laughs> stomp. Yeah. Yeah, no, oh, no, move pools in Gen 1 are horrible. Like, okay, even Gen They're 2. They're so janky. Even Gen yeah. 2 are bad. Like, like, I play through them for nostalgia purposes only, nothing else. But, mm-hmm. like, the quality of life is so bad. The move pools are trash. <laughs> it's just be, I, I think when they came out it's fine but because pokemon's mm-hmm. improved so much in the past 30 years right i guess not 30 yeah. but in the past like 25 yeah. years i mean they're game boy advance games no these are game boy color or game boy uh, games yeah. they're game boy game, games. Bleh, game boy games yeah that's yeah. what i meant to say they're not even game boy advance yeah and so like so like it's bad they're gonna be a little jank oh yeah i mean also like gen, gen one and two are like yeah. broken broken like Oh, yeah. Oh, I was exploiting that. Yeah. Uh, like, mm-hmm. anytime my stats would go down and I'd get faster, I'd just kind of go, hey. <laughs> They're just broken, broken in general. It's like, <laughs> it's just bad. Like, I really, I really enjoy Red and Blue to some extent, but like, yeah, I mean, you do it for like the memories. I don't think you should do it if yeah. you've never played it. I mean, just to be able to say you've played every game in the series because you're a like super fan or something yeah. like that. Or just to say, you know, now I know what it's like. <laughs> I must suffer as my ancestors have. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it uh, feels like yeah. at this point. Because like, <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be like, yeah, Pokemon Red and Blue, great. We got to go back to that. It, it's just, no. yeah, it's very disgusting. I would not do it. <laughs> it's more like it's um, very um, charmingly awful. Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do, like, with the success of Pokemon, had to do with, like, the zeitgeist, too. So, one, Pokemon was a mm-hmm. good Game Boy game, based yeah. on the fact of what Game Boy games were at the time. So, like, it was a very good Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. And then, two, Pokemon was, like, the Beatles, and it came out the door swinging yeah. when it came to the yeah. States. <laughs> so I crossed that off the bingo card. Um, yeah, yep. like the Beatles, it came, it came across, Beatles. it came across the lake, you know, and it uh, or across the <laughs> pond, different pond, but came across the pond and it came out swinging. Yeah, <laughs> came out swinging. So I mean, that's I mean, that's really the success story of Pokemon. Mm-mm-mm. It's true. It's quite true. Yeah. Well, what about you, Monica? You been up to anything? Well, actually, something. So after I did PDL. I thought, you know, Showdown is actually kind of fun, (laughs) but I have zero energy to commit to anything right now, so I'm just gonna, like, click on random battle over and over again. No, that's the right thing. Yeah, farm ran bats, got it. Exactly. So I decided to try and ladder, quote-unquote, on random battles, and at some point I saw that I was somewhat close to 1700, and I was like, I really want to get to 1700. So... I finally got no, to 1700, fair. and I thought rather highly of, my, of myself. And then I was like, okay, let's just have another... I'm now liking the 1500s again. <laughs> <It's just laughs> like, it was just a lucky streak, I guess. Well, no, I think... Or, or I, an unlucky streak. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. But it was fun. Random battles are pretty good in terms of... Because like, most of the people that are clicking it, um, especially in low ladder, are just clicking mm-hmm. it, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. just to have fun. The number of people that I've seen that just like don't understand competitive Pokemon that are on randoms, 
is very high. Oh, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. But when, once you get like past 1600, yeah. you start getting people who are actually playing and it's kind of fun. The problem is, again, you're not really committed. You're not making the teams. And so you see a Pokemon in your team and you're like, okay, I'm going to switch to that Pokemon because I know what I can do with that. And it's not the set you expect at all. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Uh, and that's that's the only like slight frustration. Except, oh well, no. The other frustration is like when you get an entire team that is like weak to ground, and yes. your opponent has like two, two strong ground on. types. Yeah, but whatever. You that know, does happen. It's random, but it's fun because you get to like use Pokemon that you have like you've almost forgotten that they exist. Yes, and I you absolutely use agree. them. And you're like, oh, this is actually fun. And then you realize that the only reason you're vaguely able to use that Pokemon is A, your opponent has an incredibly jank team. And B, that Pokemon is like 20 levels above everything else because it sucks. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Y'all ever think about Masquerain? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Who loves Masquerain? Everybody. Yeah. You know, I have a good time with that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've just been prepping for NAIC fun times, so I haven't been oh, doing too right. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a good time. It, it, yeah, Sounds we're gonna like we're gonna it. have a good time. Yeah. So I I've got a uh, I've got a league battle deck showing up today <laughs> mm. for Calyrex Ice Rider. It's actually a really like the card list is actually really good mm. because I have in the past like week gotten back into like the TCG in the past couple weeks, mm-hmm. so I'm like vaguely aware of the meta. Okay. And what everything does. So that makes me happy. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> but yeah, the cards li- the card list actually re- is really good, though, for this Ice Rider deck that they just dropped. It came out yesterday as of recording. Mm. Oh. Okay. Uh, as of release, it came out on Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I ordered myself one because it's got like most of the pe- It's got like, I think, something like maybe 90% of the cards you need to like actually make a deck that's competitively viable. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like a top tier too. Like it's insane. Wow. Yeah. That's like that's like goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I'm very impressed with it. So good for it. Good for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm very excited to to get my hands on it and like go figure out which cards I need to go buy and go do that. Mm-hmm. I'll probably do that with Shamu this week. Nice. As we get together mm-hmm. on on Wednesday. Ah, uh, that's really nice. And then we'll go we'll go futz around, but. Yeah, it's uh I've been doing that. I've been doing a, I've been doing a lot of showdown too just for funsies. Mm. And then like I don't know like I like I say this all the time. I'm like I don't know if it's because like I'm okay at the game or if it's because like or that everybody else is bad. But like on <laughs> VGC like I keep consistently like hitting 15 1600. Like I'll just make a new alt or something I mean, and like ladder up. It's like a grading curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, Fash, yes. I, I just I just want to interrogate this for a second. What's the difference between you being pretty good and the average player being pretty bad? Because fundamentally, doesn't that put you the same spot in the curve? Yeah. I imagine I'm a below average player, but I don't know the answer to that. Uh, no. 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 (laughs) Mid-tier with an Icarus complex. (laughs) I, like, I... No. I do not think I'm that good, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just... I've played you. You're good. Yeah, but you haven't played me. We haven't played in a while, you know, like. Yeah, but you have been playing more than I have in the intervening time, so. Yeah, I haven't played a lot of like 
hardcore competitive though, like in the past couple of years. I don't know. Like I definitely peaked in 2018. Mm, I feel like so hardcore competitive is like a slightly different game yes. than most of the other levels. I do agree with that. Because like top level competitive is you're not entirely playing Pokemon, you're playing your opponent at that point. Yes. Because yes. you both know so much about the game that the key to winning is not identifying the right move. It's identifying the right prediction for your opponent's play style. Uh, I mean, I, I do that a lot already at the lower levels, but that's because it's, it's very easy. Well, like, okay, but it's really easy to predict your opponent, right, at lower levels. Because, you know, they're just going to click, oh, super effective move. And then after a while, you just like, as you ladder up, you're just like, ah, they're no longer playing at level zero. They're playing at level one. Level one. Yes. And then you just go, you go, okay, what's the level one play here? Here's the level one play. And so you just counted the level one plays and it it gets pretty easy. Absolutely. But I think, I think like from level like two and a half and above, it's like a whole other game. Yeah, I mean, you just have to think about what what the plays are, and sometimes I I don't know. I, that's why I I, re- I really like it when there's a team in format where mm-hmm. you can kind of ignore that, mm-hmm. and it, like it depends on what you're doing. Like, are you setting yeah. things up? Are you getting things rolling? I right now I've been playing mostly with a team. Like, if I go play competitive VGC, mm-hmm. I've been mostly rolling with uh with a Shininja team. Okay, so it's like, does your opponent have something to stop you or not? Yeah, well, so that, one, it forces, uh, like, it, essentially, you know that certain Pokemon are coming, because your opponent might only have, like, one Dark-type move on their team, right? Yeah. And they don't have anything else that can handle Shininja, so you know it's coming. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, especially in a best-of-one, where they're like, okay, I cannot risk Exactly. Exactly. So, it's, uh... That that's the kind of stuff that happens. I also just really like it because Shininja really hard counters Kyogre Shashin cores. So <laughs> they're not running crunch coverage? Wow. I know. And so it just it just really destroys that though. And like you just have to take out their support bonds, which is usually generally pretty easy. <laughs> it's yeah. just Incineroar, and then they don't even fill out the rest of the team. Yeah. Exactly. The only problem is you are forced to see Incineroar every single time. Yes, yes, that is the only downside. But you can like you just play around Incineroar. Kyogre's great yeah. at that, actually. So mm, yes. So it it becomes a catch twenty two where it be, makes it more of an uphill battle for your opponent. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. It's mm-hmm. a fun time. Uh, this has been a long intro though. So oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should stop and uh, go mm-hmm. talk about some news. So let's let's cue that epic music. <laughs> And welcome to the news. In the news, we've got a few things to talk about, and just a few. First of all, <laughs> uh, Poketoons. Those things that were only in Japanese that were like Pokemon cartoons drawn in like the old school mm-hmm. cartoon styles. Oh. Uh, that were only in Japanese. They're coming to Pokemon TV. I assume they're going to be translated to English, kind of. Legends Arceus uh, is Amazon's best-selling video game so far this year, BT oh. Dubs. And the di- that's not the digital version. That's just the physical version. Oh. The digital version is actually the fourth best. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. 
To be fair, those sales numbers that came out for Q1 were insane. So yeah, I am very unsurprised. Legends Arceus though is uh, is Chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really really yeah, good. Yeah, so I I very happy about that. Um, okay, I'll let you do the next yeah, one. Yeah, speaking of video game releases. This Thursday night, Pokemon Snap releases on the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, and the news is worded in such a way that it says, hopefully the surviving blockbusters are ready. I have, <laughs> I've been feeling so old lately, and it just every single time there is another chink in the armor. Like, come on, guys, please stop. <laughs> you got you guys have to understand like the immense pain I felt when I sat down in the theater to watch Captain Marvel and the setting scene to make you understand that this yes. was like is it the 90s very much in the past this is a period piece and they pan out to a blockbuster it was like a stab of physical pain in the TCG, <laughs> rumors are uh, an upcoming set will have an Alolan Vulpix V-Star. Uh, the Scarlet Violet set might also not have space to release this calendar year for Japan. So it might... Now, this is speculation, but it might be time for TCG to see mm. universal releases for large sets, particularly, you know, starts of expansions. It would make their international tournaments a little easier, I would think. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of real nonsense. Like, the TCG, in terms of how rotation works, is very complicated now. They did it because it works very smoothly, but if you're somebody coming into it, it's kind of complicated. Because it used to be, like, you could crack a pack, and uh, if it's the newest set, every card in that pack is going to be valid, you know, mm -hmm. for the next two rotations. Right? Uh, that is no longer the case. Like, if you crack a pack now um, of, like, Brilliant Stars or... Um, I forget which one. They reprinted the Quick Ball because what they do at the bottom of every TCG card now, if you haven't played in a while, um, they actually have like a little box on the bottom of each card and it's got a letter in it. Mm. And so the, those are the blocks. And so the blocks are what rotate, not the mm -hmm. sets anymore. So right now, blocks D through F are legal. But after rotation, block D is going to get kicked out. And that includes things like Quick Ball. The only thing that, that did get updated for was, I think, recently Professor's Research. Uh, Professor's Research had a D block and it just became an F block. So you can reuse your D block Professor Researches all you want. Mm. Yeah, it's very complicated now for no reason. But all right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk a little bit more here. Puckles SEO approved with Charizard TCG Watch. It sounds like Charizard V-Star will be getting a shiny printing in Japan. Imagine going too long without another Charizard <laughs> card. We're still waiting on the character rare Charizard in the US too. Plenty of Charizard on the horizons. In Charizard adjacent coverage, Regidrago, whose arm resembles a Charizard skull, will be one of the future cards in Japan's October set, Paradigm Trigger. I like the little parenthetical, wow. gotta love newsless weeks. <laughs> love newsless weeks. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Go for it, Whimsicott. Everyone's favorite segment, Pokemon Go News. This is a friendly reminder that this weekend, there's going to be a community day for Dino. It's only going to run from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., but it will yep. run uh, on Saturday. So just don't get heat stroke if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Yep. Please be careful. Yep, yep, yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. All right, so let's go to uh, this good part of the news. We're going to go to Puckle's Pokey Prediction. Mm. 
tis the season for new game announcements. So a currently unannounced Pokemon game released by the end of next June. If yes, will it be a mobile app, a console game, or just another NSO release like Puzzle League or Pinball Ruby and Sapphire? Rescue Team DX was announced and released within two months within the announcement for uh, of Switch DLC. Actually, Rescue Team, I'm still very surprised, mm. uh, came that, out at all. I feel like Pokemon yeah. announcements of full console games are on Pokemon Day. I can't think of the last time that wasn't true. Mm. Uh, mm, I can... One sec, let me think. Because I think... I don't think uh, Pokemon Snap was announced on Pokemon Day. Um, no, Pokemon but it was announced Snap, before it, wasn't it? Because it was that there was that direct. It was definitely that, that was the same direct that had the expansion pass. Because I remember going into it being like, "Oh, there's going to be yes. no news," and it was all yes. news. But yes, yeah. Oh, I think. But he's. At, but the question is asking if by the end of next I, June we're going to see something, something that we don't know about. We'll see one horribly misinter, uh, uh, horrible misinformed app. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's definitely very likely. I would also like to uh i don't know i i think there could be something i would it's been a while since we've had like a a spinoff game because i think snap was the last one right Mm. um unless you count unite but what i could see is something like the size of unite being announced in like january and then released in april slash may but i don't think that's gonna happen i'm more uh, with the linian on we're gonna get something because like masters is sort of running thin so all right well we're gonna end it there (laughs) (laughs) and we're gonna kick it on over to puckles pokey quiz where we're gonna quiz your co-host on their insane pokemon knowledge Hello and welcome to the Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Professor Snag with the rules. The co-hosts are working together as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that you, the listeners, have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more for a total of seven points. The hosts can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And welcome to the Poke Quiz. Thank you for that introduction. We're going to jump right on into it. Our first question today is going to come to you from... Hmm. We're going to say Elite hmm. Four Brant. How many Pokemon are capable of Mega Evolution? And I'm going to put the caveat in Gen 7. <laughs> oh, okay. Just so you can't be like, zero, Thash. Mega yes. Evolution doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, yes. do, we, do we get a little plus or a minus? Uh, sure, I'll give you a plus or minus two, because I think it's not too hard to figure out. Yeah, we just have to count. I knew this answer, I knew this answer, actually, so, off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, uh, I have a number in mind, but I think it's very wrong. So let's start counting. So there's the... Th- because the question there's is not... There's the four Kanto starters. So, is, is, is it Pokemon that are mega capable or mega evolutions? Cap- exactly, no, it's uh, less than... Mega- Mega capable. Okay. Exactly. Mega capable. So you don't you count, you don't the two count Mewtwo and the Charizard, Charizard twice. Mewtwo's okay, so we got like the three starters. Okay, so. Pidgeot, Beedrill. The other three starters. The other three starters. Mewtwo, as we already said. Okay. Mewtwo. Um, Beedrill. Uh, Gengar, Kangaskhan. 
Gengar, Pinsir, Gyarados. Scissor, I'm, I'm doing tallies on a Pinsir, envelope here. Gyarados. Okay. Uh, Slowbro, Alakazam. Yes. Yes. Uh, Heracross, um, Titar, the Latai. Yes. Then you have Ampharos, um, Audino, Agron, Gardevoir, Gallade. Mm. Diancy. Uh, Diancy, right. Uh, Caesar, Steelix. Uh, I, we've already counted Caesar. I, I didn't think. make a mark for it, I so we're good there. Okay, so Caesar and uh, Steelix. Mawile Sableye. Mawile Sableye, Metagross, Salamence. Uh, Absol, Altaria, Banette. Yes. Um, Garchomp. Right, Garchomp. Rayquaza, uh, Lopunny. Ooh, right. Rayquaza, Lopunny, off. Um, so I've got. Uh, 20, 30, 35, 38. Do you want to say 40? Mm, let's give it another, like, half a minute to see if we can think of anything else. Are we done with Gen 1? I think... Aerodactyl. Aerodactyl. We forgot okay. Aerodactyl. That's 39. Um, okay. Do you want to say 41? Just give uh, us the, the most breadth of possible errors. No, there, there's something else, definitely. Give me a second. I keep wanting to say Flygon. Wishful thinking. Uh, Maxi and Archie, so Camerupt and Sharpedo. Oh, yeah. Camerupt, Sharpedo. Because the number I had in mind at the beginning was four. Metacham was another one. It's the Oras edition. Metacham, that's right. Yeah. Um, did we say Glalie? What else did they add in Oras? No, we didn't. We didn't say Glalie. I know um, we said Altaria. Yes, we did. Um, we said Lucaria, right? The like. Where the? No, we I didn't thought we say must Lucario. Have said in the beginning. Okay, so that's forty. No, we didn't. Forty-four. I, I think I think the number is forty-nine. Let's All see right, if we so can let's... make a match. We can say forty-seven. Forty-seven. Um, yeah, sure. Let's say forty-seven. Mm, okay. Uh, forty-seven is close enough. The answer is forty-eight. Okay. okay. Cool. Um, the answer is 48. I think uh, you missed a couple minor ones, but I think you got the bulk. Manetric was one that we missed. <laughs> I think you got the bulk. Oh, right. Yes, we did. stupidest Manetric designs of all time. And yeah, so that's <laughs> one point. That was a lot of work for that one point, but you guys did it. Okay, yes. All right. Uh, this, one, this next one's going to be from Wyatt White. Losing the gift of flight is sad. <laughs> Uh, what two Pokemon lose it, lose their flying types after uh, a Rowlet and Rowlet and Hisui? Two Pokemon lose. Well, I, uh, that's that the same Pokemon, yeah, actually. Uh, Dartrix yeah. is okay. one. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I'm thinking uh, on the other. Yeah, yeah. Dartrix. The, there's one more. It's and, they're both in PLA, actually. But <laughs> and uh, oh, wait. as in they're both obtainable in. Ooh, Scyther, Scyther, Scyther. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dartrix and Scyther. Dartrix and Scyther are correct. Uh, they are the only two Pokemon that lose flying and type. And can do it in evolution. two different ways. Yeah. Yeah, they both can do it in two different... Well, okay, I wouldn't say Dartrix is two different ways. It's well, just like it, it well what I'm saying is it goes place. into two different well, types. One loses it for ghosts, one loses it for fighting. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Scyther loses yeah. it for rock and for steel. Yep. Understandable. All right, so that's two for two. Our next question is your Pokedex entry question. This is going to come to you from Rapture. It's Pokemon Sword Entry reads, It stands in grasslands, watching the sun's descent from zenith to horizon. 
This Pokemon has a talent for delivering dynamic kicks. Who's that Pokemon? What, what, wow, what entry was this? an entry and a half. Sword. From Pokemon Sword. Blaze. It stands in grasslands, watching the sun descent from zenith to horizon. This Pokemon has a talent for delivering dynamic kicks. Okay. The answer is not wheezing. Yeah, no. From zenith <laughs> to horizon. Yeah. To so the second half of the day, it just stares at the sun. Interesting. And then it kicks stuff. Mm. Who got that guy a word of the day calendar? <laughs> is zenith such a... It's more that one? it's just very strange. I like, I... Okay. So okay. kicking Pokemon... May- Serena, maybe? That's in PL. I mean, that's so, in Gen 8. For some reason, is Madichum in Sword? Yes, it is. I right? think it isn't, but I don't know. Oh, It okay. actually is not. Pretty, yeah. It is okay. actually not. Uh, maybe then... Hmm. It feels like something along those lines for like some reason. Like a fighting reason. type? Uh, the other... Yeah. Uh, the other... Do you so, want to just say like... What else could it be? Hitmonlee? Uh... Or, uh, what are the entries for, like, Kabfu and Urshifu? Well, Urshifu has, like, a million of them. and okay. But they tend to be, like, all of the Kabfus are, like, training things. And Urshifus are, like, okay, yes, yes, it has fair. to explain the gimmick of the two styles. And also, Urshifu punches more than it kicks. Significantly, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, Mianxiao also doesn't kick as much as it does other it's, things. No, it does, because its whole thing is like high jump kick and all that, but I don't think it's in the game, so it's okay. kind of a moot point. Yes, it is. It is. It's in the Isle of Armor, I think. Well, then I'm actually feeling okay with yeah. that. Okay. Mianxiao. Mianxiao is no. incorrect. Okay. Your next Pokedex entry comes from Pokemon Shield, and it reads, once a year on a specific date at a specific time, they gather out of nowhere and form in a circle. What? Okay. So it's got to be um, like a Gen A. It's it's Stonejourner. Oh. It's Stonejourner. Yes, that makes total yes. sense. Stonejourner, final answer. Stone Junior. Yes. Stonejourner is correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so I never like I know it's all legs, but for some reason I never imagined it kicking stuff. <laughs> kicking, Possibly yeah, right. Because that's very disturbing. But I think it's move pool actually has like the kicking moves in it on purpose I, though. Like I've ever used it. Uh it's uh nobody's it's used an ability that uh, is supposed um, to work in doubles, but in doubles is underwhelming at best. Mm. Somebody put out a thing. Oh, it was uh Joe Pokeaim mm. MD. Mm? He said he said if Pokemon could stop making du- abilities that are supposed to work in doubles but are hot trash, yeah. that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. That would be really cool. It learns Mega Kick at level 66. Okay. That is one big it. kick. Yes. Fair enough. All right. Moving on. Your next question is your multiple answer question, as always. We're going to go ahead. And this one it has three answers. I need one ans- uh, one Pokemon for each of them. And this is going to be from Bilingual. What hmm. three non-poison type Pokemon can learn Toxic Spikes via level up? Hmm. Ooh. Gliscor? You have no, to lock them in, you get no, three strikes. And no, Gl- Gliscor doesn't get that. I ran it in the PDL. It doesn't get that. Okay. Um, I thought it might have like gotten Not it in. Gen 8 in. at least. 
like no BDSP um, for some reason. No. Uh po- n- possible, but I don't. I don't think so. Uh. Okay, so things that are spiky because Klefki doesn't get toxic spikes; it just gets spikes, mm-hmm. right? It also asks by level up. Mm. Uh, what about like your your standard hazard setters? So you know, because I think like Fortress gets it. I could see Fortress getting it. I'm I'm trying to think like so. Skarmory, I think, only gets regular spikes. Uh, I know Greninja only, only gets regular spikes, even though it would make a lot of sense because it's a ninja. Um, and I think also. Uh, well, let's let's just try Fortress. Oh Might as well. Yeah, let's. Yeah, try Yeah, sure. It. Lock it in. Uh, Fortress is correct. That is one of cool. them. Cool. Oh, awesome. Awesome. There um, are two more. Hmm. Two more. And then what? What else? Just has all of the hazards. Mm. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I don't think it's like so. Gen one has crazy move pools, but toxic no, Gen, spikes toxic wasn't, spikes wasn't Gen until one, Gen, Gen one has 4. a lot of exactly. So I don't think it's a Gen one Pokemon. Besides the fact that a lot of them are poison types, mm. it would have to be. It's a non-poison type anyway. Exactly. So you need to answer. <laughs> you do have do to just that use the hints. Well, yeah, I guess I if we've already got we the one point, we could we could still technically cash in because we got points on everything. Yeah, but we okay, can. Okay, I mean, if you can, want to do that, then no, no, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna push Look, you for answers. We can cash it in for one point at the end, or we can get two extra points on this question if we use the hint in okay, a good way. Okay, that's fair. Let's let's take the hint. Yeah. One is a very defensive water type, oh, and Pukuluku. the other one can't. No, that's false. Strike okay. one. Bump. Okay. <laughs> uh, defensive Cloyster. water ice type. Okay. Um, the Cloyster, that's correct. Cool. And then the other one can be a very defensive legendary psychic type. Mew? Can be. Can be. Did can they give be? it to freaking um, Deoxys? Oh, yes, I think they did. That is correct. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize that was by level up. I thought that was by... Uh... It is. Well, I guess that's the only way it would get yeah. it, because it's not like it's a TR or anything. Oh, yeah. I, sa- mm-hmm. I said Mew thinking about, you know, TRs and stuff. No, but, no. You know, Deoxys defense. Yeah, the, the question was level up. Okay. Yeah, cool. See? Two points. Here we go. Yep. Two points. There you guys go. You guys are, I forget, the five mm-hmm. for four. Yes? Yes. Uh, no. Yes. We got one, two, three, and then three. No, it's, yeah, it's six. six. Okay. It's six. It's six for four. Yeah, don't okay, ruin my math. basic... <laughs> Next one's your base deck question, as always. And this is going to come to you from Poliwo. What non-legendary flying type has the highest base attack of all non-legendary well, flying types? Flame. No, and I don't think Thanks, it's... Thanks, Seth. <laughs> I don't think it's Alusha. Is, is it Alusha? No, it's like 92. Oh, it's gosh. gotta be... Like, Mega Aerodactyl Ooh, is up there. Right. But I'm not... Also, Braviary's got to be up there. Pinsir. Mega Pinsir, Mega Pinsir goes yeah. flying, right? And it's very strong. Um, so, uh, I I think Megarodactyl has like 130 or thereabouts. I don't remember Mega Pinsir. I think Mega Pinsir was higher because it actually wasn't that I, fast. Big. 
Because it's, yeah, it's very slow, so it was... Because it, it was spamming uh, no. Quick Attack, right? But, uh, like, that was its whole thing. It was spamming Quick Attack, but it also strong because it got the bonus from Airway. Yeah, but, like, normal Pinsir has an attack of, I think, 130. Oh, okay, then, yes, the Mega is probably higher than that. So, I... Uh, because Megarodactyl's highest stat speed... What else could it it's be? Either me- I think it's either Mega like Pinsir or it's Mega Salamence. But I don't mm, know which of the is two. Also very high. I I think mm. Pinsir probably was given better stats. <sighs> because it's slower, significantly yeah. slower. And a lot of uh, Salamence went to special attack. Fair, yes. So I, I would say Pinsir. I'm okay with going with Pinsir. Pinsir? Is correct. Hmm. Mega yes. Pinsir, that is. But, uh, Mega Pinsir has a base stat, um, uh, attack base stat of 155. Wow. The second one is hmm. Mega Salamence. Okay, cool. With 145. And in third is actually Archaeops. Oh. With 140. True, true. So, yeah, you got it though. So that's, uh, seven nice. points for you guys today. Yay. Let, let me go add those to the sheet. And we will, uh, we will see how that shakes out the, uh, the standings. It changes it up. Uh, all right. We're going to go ahead. In first place, we've got our Sigma with 16 points. In second place in a two-way tie, we've got Sublime and Linian with 15. And in fourth place, we've got Shark with eight. And tied for fifth, we've got Seth Vilo and Whimsicott with seven apiece. Tune in next week for more. Well, actually, I don't know if we're going to do it next week. We'll find out. Or, or the week after that. Well, next week's the lot. We're gonna like be in person, so I don't even know if we're gonna do that. Oh, might just be like a roundtable right, next right. week. Um, so we are uh, gonna go ahead and kick it on over to the topic. We have another review for you guys today from Apple Podcast from Ben. You can feel the love and soul these guys have for the game and each other, and it's such a refreshing thing to hear passionate people talking about something they love and not just use the podcast as a way to shove adverts down your throat. With all hosts having separate professions for the podcast, it always feels like you're listening to a podcast made by people who want to be there instead of just being there to pay their rent. No disrespect to anyone who makes their living for media, but you can really feel the love when listening to Puckle. Thanks for that wonderful five-star review. If you want your review read on the podcast, just drop it and we'll probably get it there. So we appreciate it. Every review helps us. So please review us wherever you can find us. And until then, we will catch you on the flip-flop. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be Scarlet Violet gimmick, maybe? I don't know exactly what we're going to phrase it. (laughs) I wanted to talk about the potential that the gimmick could be a type change gimmick, which is what's been, you know, circulating the internet and I've been helping propagate because I think it's silly. Yes. I, I really just want to talk about it because I think there's a really rational way to find out, like, if that's actually the way that things are going to shake out. Mm-hmm. Like, Dynamax was, it, despite Dynamax being the most, like, uninspired thing, yeah, in my opinion, mechanically, it was cool. Yeah, it definitely added some competitive complexity that yes. wasn't excessive. Yes, and I really liked it in that in those regards. Like it was it was better than Z moves. It was I don't know better than Mega Evolution, but No. <laughs> I think better than Mega Evolution, maybe, because Mega Evolution when it was the gimmick was very centralizing. Yeah. Mm. I, I will give that discount to Mega Evolution. I just think Mega Evolution good and competitive and also just like a good feel good concept. Yes. At the time of release. I don't know. I thought Z moves were cute. 
And then they deleted Pokemon, and you're like, oh. I did learn all of the dances for them? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was upsetting. I mean, I'm over it now, because I can kind of see what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. and I can almost appreciate it. And I understand the reasoning behind it. Uh, I don't understand the reasoning why, like, well, I kind of do, why the BDSP mons aren't going to, like, Swish, even though they're already made in the same graphical style and ready to go. They make all the other mons look bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're done in the same graphical style as Switch, though. So, like, the ones that look fantastic are the ones from PLA. Like, those look fantastic. But regardless, I wanted to talk about what form this gimmick could take and what impact that could have on competitive and just, like, the functionality of the game. Yeah. So that we can kind of possibly eliminate what the gimmick would be. With the assumption. With science. Yeah. With logic. I mean, science and logic, assuming they are reasonable about it. I mean, I'll talk about how the story of Sword and Shield wasn't great, mm-hmm. and playing through it was was not as fun as it could have been. I mean, I think Sword and Shield did a lot of things very well. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I really like is they spent a lot of time crafting for competitive. Yes. I think outside of Dynamax, another good example of that is just Urshifu. Mm-hmm. Mm. They crafted Urshifu. Like, if you look at its base stats, they're all, like, wobbly. Yeah. It's on purpose to make it hit specific targets. Yeah, like the speed is uh, 97. That's a very specific niche that's like, it's good, but it would be too good if it was just two or three points faster. It just outspeeds Mimikyu. But it gets outsped by uh, staples like Charizard. Okay, okay, it gets outsped by like base 100s. There's a lot of base 100s. It also gets outsped in the unrestricted format by stuff like Evil and Xerneas. And, who are who are yeah. just shafted for no reason? That's fine. Exactly. Exactly. They're just like, yeah, base ninety nine speed. That's what you wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. So I-, I was going to like do this whole spiel later, but I think it also works as a premise. I think personally that in Gen Eight we have reached the peak of possible complexity added by the gimmick, and my reasoning is this: so Mega Evolution. You had a limited number of Pokemon that could Mega Evolve. You took a look at Team Preview. You pretty much knew what was going to Mega Evolve. And once it yes. Mega Evolved, you pretty much, okay, this Pokemon now has these stats and it can do that thing, period. With Z-Moves, yes. it had an element of unpredictability that was just a one-off, though. It was actually really bad. Yeah. I was not a big fan of it because just like it could just happen. And you're yeah. just like, well, I couldn't have planned for that. Yeah, but it was a one-off. Like, it will delete yes. one of your Pokemon. It will not shift the entire momentum of the match, probably. Well, it could also be countered, which was the which exactly. was the big thing. Like, uh, there were some things that could just be yeah. countered. And exactly. status Z-moves could do stuff, but they were also, again, a one and done. Yeah. And they yes. also didn't have a giant distribution. Dynamax, on the other hand can be done by pretty much any Pokemon. I mean, you're not going to Dynamax a Pukumuku. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it does It does artificially limit you, though, when you Dynamax. It does, but at the same time, I don't think that Mega Evolution or Z-Moves could have such an impact on the momentum of the entire match as Dynamax does. So Dynamax, in terms of the actual physical match, I agree, does change the individual match. But I think... You discredit Mega Evolution because what Mega Evolution did was outside of the match. It really just shaped the meta. Yeah. But the other one thing I will say is that in terms of raw complexity, no, I think Wims is right on on the the complexity of it, if only because 
every type yes. has its effect and has a different scaling base power. Mm-mm. And what types that your opponent has access to is going to change what they can do with their Dynamax turns. Yep. No, no, like Dynamax was 100% well-crafted in that extent. It was well-crafted, but it was also a lot. And I hope that whatever the next gimmick is, we can tone down the 4D chess a little bit. Exactly. Honestly, at this point, the best gimmick to me is no gimmick, but well, I don't think that'll happen. I, I hope the gimmick is a smaller one, because as I said, like, yes, I, as I said, I've been playing a lot of random battles. Random battles in Genate have Dynamax. And the number yes. of times I thought I had a game plan and then my opponent Dynamaxed and completely threw it for a loop is much higher than I would have liked. That's it's, understandable. It's like, as Linian said, there's so much that can go on with Dynamax, with the boosts, with the terrain, with the weather. It's like, I don't think a game that is supposed to be as approachable as Pokemon is supposed to be can go much farther than that. I agree. The thing is, I say this to myself all the time, right? Like, they can't evolve the game, and then they do. I don't mind if they evolve the game. I just want them to make it better in its new simplicity, or at least clean out Mm -hmm. a lot of the layers. I I agree with you, because I think if they would have brought Megas into Sword and Shield with Dynamax, things would have gotten messy. A bit, yes. Like Z moves and Megas, they like built in a, a a handicap by having to hold the Z crystal or having to hold right. the Mega Stone. Mm-hmm. In Dynamax, they just didn't. Like you could just do it. It's fine. Have fun. Yeah. The limitation was actually set by Dynamax more so than anything else because if you wore Choice Band, yeah, you could get rid of the limitation of being stuck into one move, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. lost the Choice Band boost. Yeah, and I thought it was fair. Yeah, that is very fair, it's and it's done very program. well. I I really like it. I really like it. I mean, Pokemon did a great job. I'm not saying, like, mechanically, they did a great job. Lore-wise, they did a terrible job. Yeah. Execution was very poorly done. Gigantamax, looking at you. Yeah, but it's like, you mentioned Orshifu before as an example of how Gen 8 is very well crafted for a competitive. I feel the same way about Orshifu as I feel about Dynamax. It's just the very limit of what is okay. Yes, I agree. I, I agree with that to an extent. I don't know. I, th- I just wondered if they could make something that hits that limit just like Dynamax did. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's just different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, they hit that limit in a different way. Yeah. I would actually like it if they scaled it back a tiny bit. I would be okay with that as well. I mean, I would be really okay. Like, okay. So let, let's get, get into like the mm-hmm. actual like meat and potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Let's make the assumption that... Scarlet and Violet are going to do some kind of type change type dealy. We don't know exactly what. I don't think that at mm-hmm. all, but okay. I'll accept the premise. Yeah, but this is a bold assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the premise we're all going to accept, okay? I-, I will accept the premise. I just want it noted that I, outside of this argument, do not accept <laughs> the premise that the company slowly pruning legacy movesets <laughs> a- and cutting hidden power entirely is going to start messing with either the type chart or access those caveats aside, assuming they make this mistake, and it would be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll be that. So my heart and hearts, if it is this at all, is what they do um, is because I think if you go to do things like you're saying, like, oh, you can change the type of a move mm. or you can change the type of let's say it's like a Z crystal, but it just changes the type of a move mm. instead of turning it into a Z move. I think that's absolutely stupid and shouldn't happen because yeah. that is just hidden power, right? 
I guess it would be a more limited hidden power because it's like a one use hidden power. Well, that's assuming that it's one use and not just like, yes, your first move slot is now fire type. I assume it would be one use. Again, yes. Assuming they're reasonable. I mean, if we're going to talk and try to break down this concept, like they can't make it that right. Because what you're saying absolutely breaks the game and makes it stupid. Exactly. No, I'm not arguing that it would. Totally. (laughs) No, 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 that's that's the point of this conversation, though, is to like. Is to like fish it out, right? Mm-mm, what's the ridiculous mm-mm. part? Like, what's ridiculous? And you bring up a very valid point in that is that it would be very ridiculous to just change a move type permanently. I think it would also be ridiculous to like, I, I don't know. The, the thing that I think might be interesting would be to change the Pokemon's type or something temporarily. Okay, but this just yeah, and key keywords temporarily. Sure, this still adds myriad problems. The biggest ones being move pool. Uh, yes. This is what I want to hear. Like, okay, let's say you take Rapidash and make it electric type. You now have no stab. You have coverage that you shouldn't Awesome. Have. Actually, actually, it gets wild charge. It does, but yeah. I mean, but more broadly, let's say you take a Jellicent and make it electric type. There's obviously ones that are better. I guess you have T-bolt mm-hmm. cover. Okay, electric might not be the best type because that tends to go pretty broad. Let's say you make something into a fairy type. Great. That's a good defensive type. Do you have Moonblast? Do you have play rough? Wow, you've really ripped yourself. I don't know. It just feels like it's too easy to shoot yourself in the foot trying to make yourself defensively viable. I would also, though, make it like tamer than something like Dynamax, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. It doesn't break the game. Right up until your opponent sets their Toxapex to be a Fairy Steel type. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're assuming that you could do dual types. I don't think you would be able to do dual types like that. Or even just a Steel type. Or uh, make it fairy or anything just make it more durable for the moment yeah you're assuming toxapex isn't getting cold it isn't we've seen it in the trailer it is in the trailer yeah we we have never gotten a break from this guy (laughs) nope (laughs) i'm pretty sure i saw pharisee too but go goat go goat gets cold yeah no we haven't seen pharisee yet there's hope they've already shown like 80 pokemon though which is kind of exciting in the two very limited trailers (laughs) yes the way i had assumed this supposed type adding slash shifting gimmick might work is that so we did have terrain in gen 6 but it never became prevalent until the tapus got an ability that auto yes. sets the terrain mm-hmm. right that's true so that's we true. have had we have had for a while a few moves that change or add the type of a pokemon oh i would love this though yeah soak magic powder those moves uh like uh um, soak but what's the what's the one uh soak or there's one that adds uh trick or treat trick or treat right there's soak trick or treat forest curse and magic powder forest curse and magic powder okay so so we have something like that so we know they're okay with something like that existing in the game in a very small and limited capacity so maybe someone at game freak thought this is actually fun we could make it so that every pokemon can do this to either themselves or their opponent once per game. And it just twists stuff around a bit, but not a lot. Like, the problem is, as with all of these gimmicks, that some combinations are completely the rich broken. Get richer. Because, yes. like, suppose you add a flying type to your Magnezone. Uh, or, or. <laughs> <laughs> This is hardly the most overpowered thing, but I like making a ghost, no, grass, but- steel, delmise. So you're getting a stab and steel worker. 
But but the thing is, all Steelworker does is boost the damage of Steel Moons. It doesn't give it stab. That's just how we talk about it colloquially. I mean, it gives it stab, though. Yeah, they, they could they, change that somehow. They could code it so that they don't add up with each other. But what I'm getting at is, like, maybe it just doesn't give offensive boosts. It's only the... But even then, that feels weird, because that just means it's good for walls and only walls. I don't think you can just, like, make anything dual-type. I think if you could dual-type this, this is just going to make things stupid, because then every dual-type will exist. Mm-mm. It, it'll be absolutely... St- I think if you do it, it's an item that you have to hold, and it's just like, now my Azumarill is a grass-type for no reason. Sylvalli just yeah. sitting crying in the corner. <laughs> That's fine. Sylvalli can't cry in the corner. Well, yeah, it's finally got the mask off. It's for a turn, you know, not for a... Uh, Okay, if it's for a turn, that is one of the weakest gimmicks I've ever seen, and I would never use it. Mm-mm. Perfect. It would be unusable. Perfect. That's what I want. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want. I want a bad gimmick, please. <laughs> so what you do is you use the held item, you turn into a fire type, then you use burn up, and then watch the game crash as it tries to figure out if you're no type or your original type. <laughs> oh, that would be cute. That would be cute. I don't think Burnup's on not fire types, though. Yeah, but it's like, ah, I already... That, no, what you do is you use this hell and get two uses of Burnup out of your Arcanine. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. That would be a cute gimmick. That I would like that. I would like that, actually. That would be Mm-mm. cute. I'm here for it. There's also, like, the possibility, but this would be a bit nuts to, you know... So there's this... Uh, that, like, this entire rumor, I think, comes from... A couple of things, and one of them is the giant type wheel that's rather prominent in the design of the squares we see in the trailer. Yeah, I think that could be more just like Jim this way. I I think, yeah, I think the same thing. But people have been obsessed with this thing like, okay, so this color is next to this other color. And so let's assume for a moment, I don't think this is going to be the thing, but let's assume for a moment that it was something like that. And you can't change any type into any other type, but... Oh, it has to be, like, adjacent, like a color wheel or something. Exactly. Or something like that. Detective Pikachu was training us the entire time. Exactly. <laughs> How do you make the color orange? orange. <laughs> Fighting and water. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I mean. The three of us have been sitting here for a relatively significant amount of time now. And we haven't found anything related to this type change slash adding thing that makes any kind of sense to implement. This probably isn't the gimmick at all, which is perfectly fine with me. I mean, the gimmick might be related to types, but I don't think it's as plain as what we're hearing. Yes. I will say that I think it's very telling of the Pokemon community as a whole that we get Scarlet and Violet and see a couple of types on a wheel and everyone's like, well, the, the gimmick, it is obviously type related. And then we get the tiniest scrap. Oh, it's definitely not obvious. It's definitely not obvious. Bit of information that this might be themed, you know, future and past. And now all of the speculation yeah. is, well, obviously the gimmick is time based. It's it's so obvious that you have games called Sword and Shield and the gimmick is going really, really big. And, and we've got games called Sun and Moon where the gimmick is using the power of crystals. Mm-hmm. And X and yes. Y where the gimmick is using the power of crystals. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> They've done this like the past four generations, right? Mm. Where in the Japanese logo, there's always like some kind of... Yeah, yeah. 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 
symbol that represents the gimmick and I mean it's there for Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, that little white crystal star thingy. In my heart of hearts, I hope that's just the item you need to turn your legendary into a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ignition key. That's what I really hope. Like we don't need any more gimmicks. I really don't think we do. I thought Z moves were really cute and they've made sense in the story mm-hmm. of Sun and Moon. I think Dynamax really makes no sense in Sword and Shield. Mm. Other than, like, we wanted to have raids, so we, like, shoehorned in some plot points. Yeah. Which is fine. I like raids. I think raids, max raids and raids in Mm -hmm. general are just, like, the best multiplayer experience that Pokemon's put out that's not PvP. So far. I I would say that that was the best part of Sword and Shield. Mm. I think that was great. I just wish they wouldn't have to shoehorn in uh, Dynamax everywhere else. But that's, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I kind of hope raids return to some extent in Scarlet and Violet, but I don't know if they will. Well, we we do have multiplayer already, so... Something co-op would be nice. Well, I guess if they already have multiplayer, we do, if we have that, maybe we just don't have to worry about raids anymore, which I'm very okay with. I still want something to do with my friends. Exactly. I'm sure there will be. Obviously, the, the generational gimmick is going to be that you can uh, basically, like, phone a friend. So once per battle, you get to send out one of your buddy's Pokemon <laughs> just for a turn. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of hoping that there's not actually a generational gimmick, though. Like, yeah. that would make my day. I'd be so much happier. I would be okay if it was something super tiny, like the equivalent of a Z-Crystal, but as we said before, it changes the type of a move once. I think that would be acceptable. Yeah, and then everybody just chooses the flying type one like we did before. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Or whatever counters the new wall that uh, is making things annoying for your sweeper. And then- yeah. Yeah. It's like, yep. oh, my, my team is weak to Volcarona. Suddenly this move is a rock type move. Just once. You know what? That's horrifying to think about with Protean, by the way. You turn a move mm. ghost type and now you're just ghost. Like, it would be overpowered. It's just nasty. Protean doesn't exist in Sword and Shield. Well, Libero does, which is the same thing, which I do say that way to annoy Whimsicott. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I would like to see the gimmick not be, I don't know. I just don't want it to be as upfront. In X and Y, it was part of the story, which mm-hmm. was unfortunate. In Sun and Moon, it was integrated into like, you had no gym. Well, you kind of had gym badges, but it was more so that you got a Z crystal. Mm. Then in uh, Sword and Shield, like it was every gym battle. This is your Dynamax battle. Yeah. I would love to see just like a gimmick that's just like, yeah, I got this, but I don't need it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I kind of liked that the gimmick was integrated into the story of X and Y, especially. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired. <laughs> I don't know. I there. I have to say, everyone rags on the plot of X and Y. I always liked it. It's it's paced super weird. I like it. Uh, I like it with the exception of Lysander. I don't like it because none mm. of the characters matter. <laughs> mm. And then Sword and Shield's got the opposite problem where you don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sun and Moon were the only good Pokemon plots, and I will fight you. And before you say Gen 5, I will fight you on that harder. No, no, mm. I will say that Sun and Moon were really good plots. I the My only issue with Sun and Moon is how much they wanted you to follow that plot all the time. That's my only issue with Sun and Moon. Is that they wanted to be super handholdy and you had to hang out with everybody all the time. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, that's that's my biggest qualm with a lot of Pokemon games, modern Pokemon games, is that like you have like X and Y was a little bit better because there were stretches where you could explore before you hit your your friends in quotes. Uh. Mm. 
there were stretches, but in Sun and Moon, it was very much just like, yeah, here's the flag. Go see Lily over here. Yeah, it did get a bit excessive. That's my that's my only criticism of the Sun and Moon storyline. Other than that, I thought Sun and Moon was fine. Mm-hmm. I liked the, I thought the story was strong. I loved it. I really yeah, it loved was a it. very strong story. It was definitely more than we ever gotten before in any Pokemon game. Mm-mm. Even mm-hmm. Gen 5. Yes. Even Gen 5, yeah. Gen 5 is just fun. I just like Gen 5. <laughs> Uh, yes. You know, you know, there's a fun region to run around Mm-mm. in a circle. <laughs> uh, all right. This is a good th- this is a good place to stop. We're going to go ahead and uh, kick it on over to the poke of the episode here, guys. So thanks for listening. We are going to catch you on the flip flop. Poke of the episode. And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 330, Flygon, the Mystic Pokemon. Its Alpha Sapphire Pokedex entry states, Flygon whips up the sandstorm by flapping its wings. The wings create a series of notes that sound like singing. Because the singing is the only thing that can be heard in a sandstorm, this Pokemon is said to be the spirit of the desert. Wow, it's Flygon. (laughs) I don't know. Flygon, like, I wish he was better. Yeah, same. I love it so much. So does Flygon. Flygon also wishes he was better. All it needs is like a new ability, maybe a different type, and about, uh, let's say, 100 base stats applied everywhere but HP. Yeah, like a mega. <laughs> it would be great if like we got regional Flygon in Scarlet and Violet. And, like, it, it's Bug-type Bug-Dragon. You know, that's all I want. It's Bug-Dragon, loses 40 points to its special attack, 20 to its attack and speed. It would be fine. That would be a monster, actually. It would be f- I wouldn't be broken. It would be fine. Super cute. Super cute. Not broken, because Bug sucks. Well, with 40 special attack, you could do that, yes. Yeah, but Stab U-Turn. Yeah. Not bad. Stab U-Turn would be, would be good. Stab Dragon Claw. I mean, you could also just give it, like, X-Scissor as well at the same time, like... And adaptability is its ability, done. <laughs> Honestly, you give it anything but Levitate, because the fact it has Levitate is so confusing to me. Mm, yeah. I don't understand why Flygon has Levitate. By the way, Flygon's base stats, 80 HP, 100 attack, 80 special attack, 80 special defense, 80 defense, 100 speed. Done. Okay. I just know this. Uh, I didn't have to look. I just know this. Wow. <laughs> Mostly because it's like the most average Pokemon ever. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like you make a very average Pokemon with a useless ability and a quad weakness. Yes. Like, why? It has a very similar base stat distribution to Calyrex. <laughs> like regular Calyrex. So it's, uh, it's very silly. I just wish he was a little bit better. I wish he didn't have Levitate because it is useless. Mm-mm. Is absolutely useless. He does not need levitate. No, it doesn't. I just they they introduced abilities at Gen two, and they're just like, yeah, we should just give this Pokemon that doesn't have any ground weaknesses, or in fact cares about being hit by earthquake at all, levitate. Mm-mm-mm. I guess it avoids spikes. Yep, yep, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> I mean, that is all it would do. All right, well, let's get into this team. We got a Battle Spot Singles Spike Myth team, so if you're competing in Summer League, you can actually use these teams against the gym leaders. Like me. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun. Yeah, and me. I actually pushed back my gym time to record this. <laughs> <laughs> right, you did. I'm perfectly okay with that, by the way. But, uh, all right, so our first Pokemon is going to be, obviously, the titular Flygon. It's holding a Lumberry, so if you burn it, it doesn't care right away. 
levitate as the ability because it's unfortunately the only thing it ever has. Mm-mm. 252 attack, 252 speed, out of it nature, because you're going to hit hard with your earthquakes, your outrages. He gets thunder punch, which is amazing. Mm-mm. Uh, and dragon dance. So you're just going to try to go fast and then try to punch things. Actually, I, I'm actually not too terribly unhappy with that set. That's actually a decent set. Yeah. If you uh, don't want to go full Flygon mode, I guess, you could always just go Choice Band or Shifu. Yeah, why not? With Unseen Fist, obviously. Uh, 252 Attack, 252 Speed, uh, because Flygon's faster. Well, I guess this one wouldn't be because it's adamant, and this Urshifu is jolly. Yep. Uh, with Wicked Blow, Sucker Punch, Close Combat, and U-Turn. That's This is very standard fare. I also I didn't realize until I was building my Summer League gym teams how easy it is to build not draft league teams because <laughs> I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. I was just like, oh, oh, you just slapped 252, 252. We're done. Yeah. And also you can put in whatever you want. It's like, cool. That makes sense. This is not your only ground type. Well, no, because we're gym leaders. So it's like, ah, uh, what's a poison type I can use? You know, dark. But yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, who wants to take these next two boys? I'll I'll take the next two. Uh, we've got everyone's favorite head crab, Slow King, <laughs> Galarian Slow King to be specific, holding an assault vest. Uh, it is has the ability of regenerator and a modest nature because man does this thing not need timid. Two fifty two HP for defense and two fifty two special attack. This actually has a fun regenerator core later on, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, uh, you've got Sludge Bomb, Flamethrower, Psyshock, and Future Sight. This blows things up, and is slow, and can heal itself. Not a whole lot to say, uh, it's a really good special wall as well, because that Assault Vest really cranks that up. Mm-mm. And Slow King in particular has always been more specially bulky, uh, compared to Slowbro. Slowbro is usually defensively bulky, and then Slow King's usually the specially defensive bulk. Uh, actually, Slow King Galarian is, is, uh, especially defensive, but, uh, Slow King, Slowbro Galar, I think both are base 100. Are they? Uh, Slow, cause I know Slow King has always traditionally been, like, higher base special defense. But... No, it is, but they completely changed Slowbro's, uh, stats. So, like, it has two, uh, like, its attack and its special attack is tied, and now its defenses are, if not tied, they're within, like, five points of each other now. Oh, I see, I see. Slow King didn't do anything except give it a slightly higher special attack, and then Slow Bro, we're gonna look at. I mean, I could see them completely changing Slow Bro for no reason. Uh, they did completely- oh my gosh, they- no, they didn't change it that- well, they did change it a lot. And no, it's special defense is still base 70, though. Ah, oh, okay, they pulled it from other points. Uh, I just know that its attack and special attack are- are basically tied. <laughs> they actually pulled 10 points out of its special defense. I know. It's because Shell Sidearm has that whole thing about being special or physical. Yes. Yeah, that's why they did it. I mean, Galarian Slowbro, I think, is the coolest one, and I agree with our discussion last week about poison types that Slow King is uninspired. Slowbro is way more inspired. <laughs> so do you know what's always physical? Cinderace, which is the fourth Pokemon on this team. Hmm. Uh, we're running a choice scarf here with, um, you'll never guess what its ability. That's right, Librarian. Oh my god. It's got 255 attack, uh, for special defense and 252 speed, uh, with an adamant nature. It's got Iron Head, U-Turn, High Jump Kick, and Pyro Ball. Click whatever is gonna deal the most damage to most of the enemy team, and just kinda splatter things. Mm-hmm. That is Cinderace. Yeah. Be- being a Libra means that you have, uh... <laughs> 
good coverage no matter you get stabbed no matter if you're, what coverage you're using I'll, I'll i'll recover from that questionable joke just in time to tell you that the next pokemon on the team is ages lash its ability is stance change because what else would it be it's holding leftovers it has max hp max attack they didn't put the other four evs into anything you can throw it into a defense it's weird whatever it has a brave nature because you are not going fast anyway, so you might as well. And its moves are Iron Head, Shadow Ball, Shadow Sneak, and King's Shield. So you're running it sort of mixed. And it's it's a pretty standard Aegis Slash, all things considered. Yeah, Aegis Slash does okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know why they didn't fill, fill out like the four EVs it's missing, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned before that there was a regenerator core. This is the other half of it. It's a Nivealite Tangela with, as we said, regenerator with max HP, max defense, four speed, and a bold nature. It has Gigadrin, Slip Powder, Lich Seed, and Sludge Bomb. So it's essentially there to annoy you to death and never die. It's It's like slightly ish better tang growth uh, it's slightly bulkier tang growth slightly bulkier i guess yes a slightly bulkier tang growth yeah evie lights the worst item in the world i hope they get rid of it and i i want it to be we've we've called moves we've called pokemon let's call items okay mm. and evie light should be one of them i don't like it there are things they could do to change evie lights that uh i think would allow it to remain as it is i do not enjoy it Mm. They could make it like 120% instead of, you know. What they really need to do is just make it so that uh, if it was like 10% to attack, defense, special attack, special defense, speed, inst- for instance. It's like, oh, that's that's fine, but it's not. Yeah. That's okay. It's not going to be the end-all be-all that's going to invalidate an evolution, but it's going to do what the item was meant to do. Make your levels 60 evolving Pokemon usable on your story team Mm -hmm. that's why it exists and that's why it was introduced in gen 5 the generation where the average evolution level is (laughs) 4005 yep gen 5 messed up a lot of things like that very much so i don't know eviolite upsets me but tangle is cute so that's that that's good i guess Mm -hmm. it was once described as just a tumbleweed and some jordans (laughs) uh that is that is what it is there's nothing else. Well, if you want to grab this team uh, in its shiny version, with the exception of, I guess, Urshifu, mm-hmm. you can definitely do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Or you could use this team against us uh, during Summer League. Your choice. So on that note, guys, we are going to kick it on over to the mailbag. It's mail time! Send in your emails! And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag is the part of the show where we read your emails on air. You can send them into us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. We typically have a question. Last week, we wanted to know what your top and bottom five poison types were since we did that last week. Uh, we have a lot of emails. Uh, we're only going to get to a few of them today. If you don't get read, you'll be on the Discord server. So make sure to check that out. You can, of course, uh, win the Green Tauros badge if you write a great email, as this segment is brought to you by... The energy drink, Green Tauros. The energy drink that gives you hooves. 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 
On that note, we're going to jump right on in. Our first email is going to be from Sleeve. Hello. Um, we've got something from Sleeve McBeanut here. I love how he opens, though. Good morning slash afternoon. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, Thatch Whimsicott and the third, as of time of writing, unnamed co-host. That is inaccurate. I was at that time named. That's you. Just not on the document. <laughs> uh, I hope you're all well and enjoying barbecue season. Poison type. Not a type that I've ever had much affinity with, but that's not to say I don't have some strong opinions on some of the mons. My top five. Mm. Bulbasaur. I've made this joke before, and I will make it again. He's number one. <laughs> I consider not including him on this list after the discussion around Gengar in last week's episode, and Bulbasaur definitely being a more iconic grass type than poison type, but I just couldn't leave the little guy out. Uh, the Nido Monarchs. Icons of the poison type. You say poison? I say Nido. And he's got a little call and response thing there. Poison, Nido, poison, you know, yeah, etc. Good typing, decent all around yeah. stats, sheer force, what's not to like? The fact I never get to draft it. <laughs> Crobat, the staple of many Nuzlocke runs. He's fast, he's strong, he's five foot eleven. No. Well, that's the wingspan. Still, a bat with the wingspan that's barely shorter than me, I do not like. I mean, they exist. No. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Kobat is five, five. No, there's no bat that exists that's 5'11 wingspan. A, fly, a flying fox is not that large. You look it up, Wins. Yes, I'm going to keep they, looking. Yeah. Uh, despite the jarring size of this Pokemon, the unique typing, the great design, and good stats make it a shoe in for my top five. Oddish. This little onion radish may not be the most exciting Pokemon in the world, but it is one of the absolute cutest. I don't think much of its evolutionary line as a whole, but in its base form, easy top five. Lastly, Dragalge. I should probably throw in something from a later gen. <laughs> and Dragalge is a standout for me. Great design, great typing, great stats, great ability. It could have been, almost could have been a regional Kingdra if regionals had been, had existed in Gen 6. Now for my bottom five. Yeah. Now this sentence requires me to read it in a British accent given how British its phrasing is. Um, Eternatus, bin it. I don't like it. What even is this? And it has a form we've never been able to use? Not for me, thanks. To be fair, I really do like the Eternamax uh, this form as a concept, because when we were getting all the lead-up to Gen 7, I was really hoping Ultra Beast would kind of play mm. a role like that did. I Obviously, they did not. They were very close, but I, I like it. Uh, I don't think we ever need to use it either, based on what its base stats are. I think it's just, like, a very cute idea. Like, I like the idea of being able to catch a Pokemon... That's gone corrupted or has gotten too powerful for its own good, and then it just goes back to its regular form. I just don't like that it's made it slightly harder for me to research uh, the Fuchsia City feuds, because they're like, it's got 255 defense! I'm like, okay, get this out of here. We don't include it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't Well, we don't, exactly, but all of the, the data, like the aggregator sites that make it easier for me to find things do, it's like, I okay, know. throw all the Pokestar Studios things in here then. When you have that, mm. I will accept it. Yeah, right? That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I feel the same exact way. Function identical, and if you, that upsets you, good. Um, Swalot is the next uh, bottom five. It feels redundant, especially when pitted against Muck and Garbodor, which are basically the same thing. Also, it raises the question, why is there stomachs sliding about on the floor? Ooh. That's just a snake. <laughs> uh, I do not like Swalot, <laughs> though. 
No, Swallow's the I worst. I disagree with this heavily, but Toxicroak, as mentioned in the last episode, its biggest crime is its bad design. The only positive is that they're the easiest thing to come up against in your Gen 4 Nuzlocke's Kadabra used confusion. I, I actually <laughs> really like Toxicroak's design. I think Krogunk's better. Mm. I like the little yeah. broken finger thing, because yep. that's actually a thing that some frogs have. It's great. Yeah. Quillfish. Yeah. I didn't want to include it, because conceptually, a pufferfish is a cool Pokemon, but it really just exists without doing anything else. I'm sorry, Quillfish, but you're boring. Finally, Garbodor. There isn't actually so a great deal wrong with this Pokemon, so I feel mean putting it down here, but I've just never really liked the design. Like a lot of Gen 5 Pokemon, it's just a soft reboot of a Gen 1 Pokemon, and, do- and it does not improve on Muck's design in the slightest. Anyway, those are my thoughts on poison types. I wouldn't say I have per- any particularly hot takes in there, but popular Pokemon are generally popular for a reason, right? Appreciate you all with peace mm. and love, Sleeve. Well, well, thank you for that, Sleeve. All right, we got our next one. It's going to be from Bar. Toodaloo, Puckle Crew. Let's try to keep this mail shorter. I have to say it's pretty hard to come up with a bottom five list for poison. Other than Rock, it has, uh, unlike Rock, it has a lot of solid Pokemon in my opinion. Top five. Venusaur, all Gen 1 starters have a certain appeal, and they are really well-designed Pokemon. Venusaur has a wonderful-looking shiny too. Venusaur in the Sun is a fun start in VGC, sadly outclassed by Charizard. You shut your <laughs> mouth, that is not true. <laughs> Quillfish. No, I'm not throwing it in here because you all hated on him so much, but I actually like Quillfish and was really happy for getting an evolution in PLA. I have a full EV trained Quillfish. I put in the time and effort to breed and train it because I really enjoy this Pokemon. It's not great, but good enough to play around with in a, in the lower tiers as a sweeper in the rain, especially when you manage to trigger Felstinger. Scorpy. I just have this one he- I have this one just because the list- uh, I have this one on the list because I love Scorpions. They are heavily overdesigned by nature, and already there is so much potential in them. I feel about Drapion uh, just the way you feel about Colossal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Drapion's, Drapion's not nearly as bad as Colossal. I, I like Drapion. I think Scorpy's just a bug. Scorpy was not on its way to become a train, and then we stopped that. Okay? And then we put it on Rhyperior's frame. <laughs> uh, number four, Naganadel. Not only did it play a cute role in the Sun and Moon anime... It also take is a much cooler take on the poison dragon type than Dragalge and Eternatus. You're not mm, wrong. Uh, 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 uh. Dragalge is much cooler than either of mm. the others. Mm, we can fight later. Uh, <laughs> it is by far the coolest Ultra Beast, even though it looks more like a Yu-Gi-Oh card than a Pokemon. <laughs> yep. That's the point of Ultra Beast. <laughs> no, I know. It's just... No, that's actually the point of Ultra Beast, though. It is. It's also the one that looks the least like a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and... Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Nidoking, this was the first Pokemon I trained to level 100 back at the age of 8 or something. Oh. It will always have a special place in my heart. Its line also is the prime example of what I wish for more modern Pokemon designs. A cute base form turning into a fierce beast and not some humanoid furry. Hard agree. <laughs> Weirdly, I have the same experience of Nidoking yes. being my first level 100 Pokemon when I was like 8. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Honorable mentions, Beedrill, Muck, Dragalge, Galarian Slowbro, and Scolipede. Flop 5. Swalot is by far the worst poison type, boring design, low stats, uninteresting gimmick, and its pre-evo is at least- its pre-evo is at least cute. Garbodor, this one could also be number one. Its Gigantamax doesn't save it. I even forgot it had a G-Max form, forgettable Pokemon, and its pre-evo gives extra Stardust and Pogo. At least it has that going for it. Marini. I just watched the Sun and Moon anime, and the storyline of Marini being in love with James felt weird. 
I never liked that Pokemon to begin with, but now it's just uncanny to me. Its design doesn't appeal to me at all. Number four, Sneasler. It is too long. Basisuian Sneasel is better than the OG Sneasel, but Sneasler is a mistake. You're wrong. That's fine. I love Sneasler. I'm sorry. <laughs> so like Sneasler is like I want in in all of these emails. Sneasler is like the most polarizing poison type of all of them. It is in like every top five or bottom five. Wow. It's either a favorite or they hate it. I I love its personality and the lanky odd proportions. Uh, work real well with its climber aesthetic. And also allow it to have a very exaggerated personality because small motions on a normal humanoid become greatly exaggerated by its weird long limbs. Mm. Number five is Galarian Slowking. It's just so much worse than Galarian Slowbro. The eyes don't help it. Again, uncanny. <laughs> Dishonorable mentions Roserade, Dustox, Venonat, and Eternatus. What? Roserade? Roserade is just throwing the gauntlet down. That is... Putting Roserade on a dishonorable mentions list is the equivalent of farting in an elevator as you walk out. <laughs> not going to defend it. Not going to explain it. Just going to drop it and leave. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow. Oh, all right. Well, thank you for that, Bar. Our next email is going to come from Zay Paladin. And that's going to be Whimsicott. Zay Paladin says, what it do, Puckle Crew? Hope everyone is doing well. I'm excited to speed run my top five best and worst poison types with you all, and hopefully not stir the pot too much. To start off, let's get the stinky garbage out of the way. And speaking of, uh, Garbodor. It's a pretty bad poison type. Monotyping does not help out Frank Reynolds wannabe yo. Uh, it's an always sunny reference, he says. I get it. Yeah. I haven't watched that show. Nor does its lazy design. At least Trabish looked like a trash bag. Zubat is only on here because of how awful exploring caves in early, is in early Pokemon games, where every other step is the annoying supersonic spamming bat. You know what's that. worse is that Zubat didn't even really do that in Gen 1. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Geodude actually has a higher encounter rate in Mount Moon. Yeah. And and then when you go to Rock Tunnel, I still believe that like Machop and Geodude have a higher encounter rate than Zubat. I think the problem with people remembering Zubat more is that two-thirds of the starters don't have a four times effective move yeah. on Zubat. So Geodude, you just click A and you get through them. You fight way more Zubats in the game overall because Team Rocket grunts have because them of Team Rocket. all the time. Mm -mm 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 -mm. No, that's why. I, that, I, that I agree with you. Uh, but actually in the caves, though, you don't run into Zubats that often. Mm -mm -mm. Well, Zubats in every cave. Geodude and Machop aren't. <laughs> Fair. Maybe not Geodude. Yeah, Geodude might be upon reflection, but. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going to look this up and then keep going. I'm okay. going to have Zubat. We're, a lot of Zubat talk today. Yeah. Next is Toxapix. Man, oh man. Could I write a thesis on why I hate this Pokemon, but I'll just leave it at one word. Regenerate. Area just gets stuck in the worst section as... It's just, well, forgettable compared to other bug poison types. Toxel rounds out the list here. While the typing is unique and Toxtricity is a favorite of mine in Gen 8, I am puzzled at Pokemon's desire to put monsters in diapers. That's a very... Well, now that we've covered the worst ones, let's talk about some of the best poison types. I'm sure if you've read any of my previous emails, you wouldn't be surprised to find out that my first favorite poison is Tentacruel. Tentacruel for me is a story of growth. When I was little, I hated jellyfish and transferred that hatred to the Pokemon. Over time, I started to forgive jellyfish for traumatizing me 
and not being as problematic as I thought they'd be in daily life. And with that, I used Tentacruel in almost all of my runs and my return to Pokemon as I revisited the games one by one. This epic journey was capped with Tentacruel taking me to the Master Ball tier on card for the first time in VG. Wow. Next on the list That's is cool. Yeah. Next on the list is Drapion. I mean, come on, what more is there to say? It's one of the perfect poison types as shown by its cool menacing design. Third on the list is another one that's grown on me, Oddish. <laughs> oh my god, I want one so bad. He's a perfect little boy with its tiny little legs. Hard agree, hard agree, my favorite poison type. The next entry is one of great taste and high class. It's none other than the Regal Galarian Weezing. Another Pokemon with a charming design and very neat typing as well. Hard agree here, but it was. Last but not least is Golbat. Plain and simple, he is a funny boy. That about does it for my least favorite and favorite poison types. I hope you enjoyed learning about the different reasonings I had for each selection. One last thing. I just want to shout out everyone who played or helped run PDL this year. It's been great fun and I can't wait to see who wins. The Philly Ferrothorn will be back next year. Take care, Z Paladin. Ah, oh, that was nice. So I'm going to correct myself. I was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Don't have to have that tone. I admitted my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a go on. I'm curious tone. I wasn't being sassy. Sorry. So I was thinking of Rock Tunnel in particular. Um, in Rock Tunnel in particular, um, Zubat actually has a pretty low encounter rate. But in Mount Moon, I was completely misremembering. Mm. I must have mixed up the stats because Zubat's like a 79% encounter rate in Gen 1. Okay. Wow. Wow. On the first floor, yeah. On the first floor, it's 79%. It does go down as you go down, but like, I don't think, I think it's like 49% on like the basement floor, but that's still the highest of any of them. 54. Yeah. And then uh, it does get into an extra cave that Geodude's not in. Uh, It does get into the Seafoam Islands. Okay. It was okay in the Seafoam Islands until yellow version. It was like a, it was a reasonable rate until yellow version. It was like 10, 20%. And then it jumps up all of a sudden to 50% in yellow. They're like, yeah, wow. we really want you to see the Z-Bat. <laughs> Instead of any of the cool water types here, we want you to see, see Z-Bat. And by cool water types, I mean Seal and Dugong. <laughs> because those are Pokemon. They sure are. Those are Pokemon, yeah. But that is what it is. Okay, I was wrong. But thank you, everybody, for those emails. Is there anybody that you guys thought were particularly good? Mm. Who doesn't have it of those people? Uh I don't care. I, that's no, 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 no. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. I'm gonna say if they have it and they get it twice, good for them. They wrote a great email. People got to write better. <laughs> okay, we got up the game. Uh, I enjoy the raw strength of just saying Bennett to a legendary Pokemon. So I'm gonna. I'm, I, I think <laughs> yeah. Sleeve has my vote. Sleeve, it is. Same. Sleeve's got it. Sleeve's got it. There we go. Sleeve, if you don't already have it, Sleeve you've definitely got it again. has it. But <laughs> he probably yeah. does. It's fine. All right. Well, on that note, if you guys want to email us next week and let us know what you think the gimmick might be in Generation 9, I'd love to hear from you guys. Send that into pucklepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to keep up with us throughout the week, the best way to do so is to come over to our Discord server at pucklediscord.com. You can, of course, also jump into our, our social medias over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can go ahead and follow us over at Twitch. I should be streaming this week. I was going to stream this week, but then I ended up having a meeting on my typical stream days at like 8 p.m. at night. It's very weird. Yeah, I know. 
so that's at twitch.tv slash the puckle podcast. You can follow us on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash puckle podcast. And in addition to that, you can uh, always just keep up with us and support the show uh, over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash puckle podcast. You still have a couple more weeks if you want to jump into our Patreon as well and get a green to- a physical green Taurus badge. That's how you do that. Uh, make sure you jump in at the appropriate tier, depending on where you live. If you're outside of the United States, jump in at the $20 tier. And if you are in the United States, jump in at the $10 tier. Also, make sure your address is updated, please. Thank you. Um, so on that note, we're going to go ahead, close off the show here. And uh, I have been Trainer Thatch. I have been the fluffiest wings to go. I've been Linian. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. 